episode 10 of the N10 Puck Talk has arrived. It's April 27th, and this is obviously a new episode. Playoff time, round two has started. What do you think, Andrew? Yes, we have a lot to talk about today. Round two started. We have a bunch of previews and round one recaps for everyone today, so let's get yeah, right we'll, to it. Yeah, we'll dive into some hockey news. Uh, the first news we have here is Thatcher Demko, the goalie for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, the 23-year-old has signed a two-year extension, obviously, with the Canucks, worth an annual average value of $1.05 million per season. Um, I don't know if you know much about the goalie, Thatcher Demko, Andrew, but if you just want to give some thoughts about this uh, signing. Yeah, I think it's a, a good signing. We talked about this a bit before we started recording. Um, you mentioned, Thomas, that you think it's more like a British deal like uh, for Thatcher Demko to prove himself. I Googled it, and Jacob Markstrom's contract ends in the 2020-2021 season, which is when Thatcher Demko will still have another year left on his contract. So if Thatcher Demko does end up proving himself, we could see Thatcher Demko um, becoming the Canucks' starting goalie in the, in the future. So I think it's a good deal. It's They're not paying a whole bunch of money for yeah. him. He's obviously going to be backing up Markstrom, I would assume, this season. Uh, so we'll see how it turns out. Yeah, and then uh, over to another Canadian team. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens have uh, signed Nate Thompson and Jordan Wheel to extensions. Uh, Nate Thompson's contract is one year, one million per, and then Wheel's contract is one point four million for two years. So they just add some uh, depth to their roster for the next season. And then yeah, on, on oh, you want to talk about it? No, I just want to say like I think that's expected. I don't think anyone's yeah. expecting anything more than over one and a half for uh, either of them. So I think it's a good deal. Nothing, nothing surprising there. Yeah, 100% for sure. And then uh, some breaking news from the Maple Leafs this uh, week. Zach Hyman actually tore his ACL in Game 4 against the Bruins in the Round 1 matchup. Uh, he'll be out for six months with an ACL injury. Uh, that's very shocking because Zach Hyman's a big part of this team. I, I think he's going to miss some time at the start of next year. I don't think he'll be there for training camp or the opening night. But it's kind of funny because Zach Hyman played a lot after this injury in the series versus Boston and he was playing with, with an ACL injury, which is very scary. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, he looked pretty good considering yeah, he was injured. I know. Especially considering he was injured. I think this is, it's shitty news for the Leafs that Hyman's going to be out, but I think it's good for William Nylander because I think this means right now, John Tavares and Mitch Marner are playing with Hyman on the top line. Um, but that means that someone's going to have to get bumped up to fill in that winger position on that top line uh, next season. So we could see Nylander playing with Matthews maybe on that second line at the start of uh, the regular season. Who knows what's going to happen. But Yeah, like it's bad news, obviously, but we'll, we'll see some uh, some adjustments in that lineup. Hopefully, hopefully they could find um, a good combination for the playoffs next year. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, they got to kind of beat the Bruins, and we'll talk about that later in our playoff pre previews. Uh, on to some other news. This guy named Jack Hughes, I don't know who he is. He might just go first overall this year in the draft. But he tied Phil Kessel for under-18 U.S. scoring record with eight goals, five assists, and 16 points in five games played. That is incredible. And like I mentioned, I don't know who this guy is. Maybe you want to tell me, Plager. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be a stud. I can tell you that much. Yeah, he's definitely going to go first overall this year, and New Jersey is definitely going to bring him into their roster and be effective as he always is. 
This episode is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Are you into prop betting or daily fantasy sports? Maybe both? I have some great news for you. BreakdownSports.com is partnering with a brand new company that combines daily fantasy sports with player props called Thrive Fantasy. It's really fun and the first of its kind. The way it works is you enter contests using your own lineup made of prop bets, and the more prop bets you guess correctly, the more points you get, which means the greater chance you have at winning money. If you deposit $10 now using our code BREAKDOWN, spelled B-R-K-D-W-N, or use the link found in our description, Fry Fantasy will match your deposit with free $10 credit. Use our link or code and try it out now. Um, yep, we'll head into the playoff previews now. It's been a crazy week. There was three Game 7s with a doubleheader on Tuesday night with the Bruins and the Leafs and the Golden Knights and Sharks battling each other. So... We'll get right into it, and we'll start with the Maple Leafs versus Bruins. So if you want to talk about that, Flagger, first. Yeah, so the Bruins repeated history this week, and they beat the Leafs in a third straight Game 7 meeting between these two teams in the playoffs, winning the Series 4-3 to against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Thomas, what were your thoughts on this series? Like I said last week, um, I really thought like the Leafs were really dominant in the series. I thought they were the more dominant team throughout the series. But when it comes to the games, like game six and seven, like the Leafs have to grasp that opportunity. They have to win those games. Like they would have won the series if they won both of those games or one of those games. And they just didn't. They weren't They weren't nearly as good as the Boston Bruins in game six and seven. And that tells you why the Bruins are moving on to play the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, yeah, th- those are my thoughts on them, the, on those two games that we didn't cover yet. If uh, you follow me on Twitter, you would probably know that I was very critical of Babcock's coaching this week. I think he, especially in game six, I think he kind of blew that game for the Leafs. The Leafs were down by a goal. Um, Babcock ended up pulling the goalie with, I think there was two minutes left on the clock, and the Leafs didn't even have full possession of the puck. It was kind of like a loose puck in the neutral zone. Decides Mm -hmm. to pull the goalie. Bruins end up with the puck, and they score, and that basically blew the game for them. Um, I was critical of that because momentum in that game, especially in game six last Sunday, was going in Toronto's direction. Like, the mm-hmm. Leafs were all over the Bruins for the last five minutes of that game uh, um, until that goal, the empty netter goal was scored. But I didn't see the need to pull a goal. It's not like the Leafs were that desperate for exactly. a goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was going to go to game seven either way, even if they lost. Um, sorry, not either way. It was going to go to game seven if they lost that game. So it's not like they were out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't know why des- um Babcock was feeling desperate in that situation. Uh, and then talk about Austin Matthews' playing time in Game 7. I think he had he had under 20 minutes, that's for sure. I don't remember yeah. his exact PT. I think he had close to 16 or 17 minutes or something like that, which is nearly – that's not enough. Yeah. Matthews was – he looked great in that Game 7, I think. Matthews, Tavares, Marner, they should all be getting 20-plus minutes in Game 7, in big games like that. Yeah, 100%. And I know you're very critical on Twitter, and a lot of fans were at Mike Babcock. And we're going to play some audio for you of uh, Mike, Babcock, Mike Babcock talking about William Nylander. What does Willie need to do? He needs to get out of here. Yeah, so uh, what are your thoughts on that, uh, Flager? What, uh, what Mike Babcock said about William Nylander getting out of town? Uh, well, everyone overreacted, and they played the short clip of Babcock saying that he thinks that Nylander should leave. Um, but obviously he wasn't actually talking about William Nylander leaving the team. He just meant that Nylander should head home, relax for the summer, and recuperate for next season. So I think that everyone, media, really overreacted 
um, one that mm-hmm. that little audio clip came out, and they made it into a big story over nothing. Yeah, and obviously the coach knows what's best for the players. Uh, he obviously knew that Willie Melander did not gel right at all with this team, even though he consistently put him out on the ice, which was, I don't know, maybe a coaching mistake for him. But he obviously knew that something was wrong with William Nylander at the start of the season when he came to the team late in the year. And he obviously knew he never never could have got his game back. So we'll see that next year. And we're going to talk about the Boston Bruins and the Columbus Blue Jackets right now. So, uh, Flager, you want to get that started? Yep. So the Bruins, obviously, they beat the Leafs. We just talked about they're going to be playing the Columbus Blue Jackets in the second round. Boston uh, is currently leading that series one nothing. They beat Columbus on... Thursday night, they're going to be playing today, Saturday afternoon, um, in game two of that series. Uh, in game one, the Bruins won that game 3-2, and Boston actually won their season series against Columbus 2-1, outscoring the Blue Jackets 12-10, so it was a close season series. What are your thoughts on this series, Thomas? Yeah, um, I kind of like this series. There's going to be a lot of uh, aggressive hitting in this uh, series. It's going to be definitely... There are two offensive teams, I feel, because the Boston Bruins have that one line, Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak, when it gets put together by coach Bruce Cassidy. Uh, it's definitely lethal, and it showed against the Leafs. And on the other side, Columbus Blue Jackets' offense is really good. They have Pierre-Luc Dubois, Cam Atkinson, and Artemi Panarin up front. I just think that this series is going to be really aggressive, and not high scoring, but you're going to see a lot of offensive chances because um, the Boston Bruins' defense team defense is not that good and I don't think it plays defense as well enough as people think it does but I see this series I don't know if we want to predict now are we going to predict now if you want yeah that's just predicting now why not okay um I'm gonna say Columbus in six uh just because I think Sergey Bobrovsky is gonna overpower Tuka Rask on the other side and I just think Columbus (laughs) I mean they they swept Tampa like (laughs) I don't know if that's just a miracle or a fluke, but like if they can do that, I think they could beat the Bruins. So uh, Columbus in six. Uh, yeah, I actually came out with a playoff preview on the series this week, and I predicted the Bruins in seven. Um, I, originally, though, however, I was I was thinking of picking Columbus in seven. I I seriously think this game this uh, series is going to go to seven games, but I think that the Bruins' top players are going to come through in this series big for them. Uh, they didn't in game one, but I think they, they have time to step it up still and come through. Um, Bergeron, Pasternak, and Brad Marchand, Bruins' top players, combined for 20 points in round one against the Toronto Maple Leafs, which was huge for them. That was a big part of their, their success earlier on in that series. And I I just think that the Bruins' top players, if they perform well in this series, they should do well, and they'll, they'll come through with the win in this series, I think. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm saying the Bruins in seven. Yeah, there's definitely that argument to be made about the Bruins side. Uh, we'll move on to the next series that happened in round one. Ended in seven games. It's the Washington Capitals versus the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, so the first team in the Metropolitan is out. The wild card is in. So the Carolina Hurricanes won 4-3 in overtime. Uh, Brock McGinn scored the overtime winner. I don't know what you can say about this team. They've been doing it all year. They've been surprising people with their celebrations at the end of the games. Uh, your thoughts, Andrew? I think they're a bunch of jerks for kicking the Capitals out, the yeah. reigning Stanley Cup champions, or defending Stanley Cup champions. Um, but they were the better team in this series, I think. Uh, I watched I watched that series a lot, actually, especially closer on uh, 
to the end of the series. Uh, I watched game five, a lot of game five, bit of game six, and basically all that game seven on uh, Wednesday night. And I think Carolina, they should have won that game in in regular time. I don't know why. Yeah. Like it obviously went to overtime and pretty long overtime. I think they went to two overtimes actually. Yep, they went to two. Um, but yeah, Carolina outplayed Capitals in those overtime periods. I mm-hmm. think uh, their defense was a, a big success. Their penalty killing was amazing. They shut down Ovechkin and that the Capitals' strong power play. They looked really good and they deserved to, to win that series. That's obviously it's shocking that the first team in the first place team in the Metropolitan's cl- kicked out. But Carolina Hurricanes played well and they deserved that win. I think. Yeah, they're they're not a bad team at all, and I really underestimated them because I said the Capitals were going to win in five games, but Carolina Hurricanes proved most people wrong in their playoff brackets, and that's why the NHL announced the second chance. So uh, the Carolina Hurricanes will now play the New York Islanders in round two. The Islanders beat the Pens, obviously, in a sweep in round one. Uh, game one happened yesterday. Islanders won the season series 3-1 to one over the Hurricanes, actually outscoring them 11-7, but the Carolina Hurricanes prevailed in overtime yesterday and a one nothing win. Jordan Stahl with the win- winner. Thoughts, Andrew? Uh, yeah, like this series, I think, is going to be very defensive. I think these are two uh, more defensively-minded teams. There's no no studs in this series whatsoever. We don't have the Sidney Crosbys. We don't have the Patrick Canes, anything like that. Nothing special. But it, I think we're going to see some good hockey. Um, I'm predicting the Islanders in six, I think. Yeah, even with a game one like that with a one nothing score for the Hurricanes, I'm also taking the Islanders in six games. And I wrote about a playoff preview in this one, so go check it on thebreakdownsports.com. Uh, do you want to move on to the Western Conference now? Yeah, might as well. San Jose Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights uh, wrapped up their series this this week on Tuesday night, uh, San Jose won the series four to three in overtime, and now the San Jose Sharks are going to be advancing to play the Colorado Avalanche, who beat the Flames in game five in uh, five games in round one. It's kind of a shame for the Vegas Golden Knights because they had two of the top um, playoff performers in round one. Max Pacioretty had eleven points in seven games, and Mark Stone had twelve points in seven games. So they were they were on fire in the playoffs, and it's. It's too bad that San Jose made that comeback. It was a very, very unexpected comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe there was five minutes left in uh, the third period, and San Jose was trailing four to nothing, and ended up coming back, forcing the game to go to OT, and won it in overtime. So, yeah, it was the a reason, shocking, the reason, shocking game. the reason I'm saying like the reason why you're saying San Jose made that shocking comeback with. Uh, it wasn't five minutes. I think it was like, I don't know, 11 or 12 minutes on the clock. But the San Jose Sharks got a five-minute power play. And that was because Cody Eakin cross-checked Captain Joe Pavelski of the San Jose Sharks to the ground. Um, it's a lot of controversy in the NHL now. Um, I think it was Dan O'Halloran, the ref, who called the penalty. He will not be refing any time soon in the National Hockey League. Uh, he's retiring from refereeing and that was his last game and that's kind of sucks for him yeah but... it's a controversial last game that's for sure yeah uh, and... did you mention that Cody Eakin got uh he didn't just get a five-minute major he got ejected as well yeah that's that what I was, yeah. 
that's what I was going to mention as well. And it's a big controversy because it didn't look that bad. But when you see a guy bleeding from his head and apparently having a seizure on the ice, I don't think you can call nothing. That would just look plain stupid on the referees for calling nothing on the ice. And you have San Jose fans screaming at you, the bench screaming at you, the coach screaming at you, the fans on social media just absolutely bashing the league. I don't think you could call nothing. It's a two-minute penalty if Joe Pavelski doesn't get hurt. But since... The- yeah, because... Yeah. I agree. Because of the blood on the ice, that's probably why a five-minute major was called. Mm-hmm. But I think it should have only been a five-minute major, nothing more. I think the ejection was... Or game misconduct was just a little bit over the top. And it was unnecessary. And I don't think it absolutely blew the game for the Vegas Golden Knights. Because uh, obviously they still had the lead at that point. Mm-hmm. But it definitely changed the momentum of the game. Yeah, and absolutely sucked that it happened in Game 7. Uh, the pivotal game, you win, you're in. But you can't allow <laughs> four power play goals on one power play. I know it's five minutes. Five minutes straight of power play action. You just can't allow four power play goals. And to mention about the four power play goals, Kevin LeBanc had four points on that power play. So good for him in that series. And then went to overtime, and we know how it ended. Barclay Goodrow with a semi-breakaway on Mark andre Fleury, and he tucked it in. San Jose's off to round two, so. Yeah, they're going to be playing the Colorado Avalanche. This is going to be a good series, I think. On the season series, San Jose won 3 to nothing over the Avs, outscoring them 14-9 to in those three games. Uh, and in game one, which happened last night, San Jose won 5-2. to Big victory. And Brent Brent Burns had a, a big four-point night with a, a one goal and three assists. What are your thoughts on the series, Thomas? What do you what do you predict here? Yeah, um, I th- I'm going to predict San Jose in about, I don't know how many games exactly, but I mean, if Colorado's offense can definitely give them, uh, the San Jose Sharks, a scare, I definitely think it has the potential to go to seven games. And I'm going to say San Jose in seven games because San Jose has showed stretches against Vegas that their offense hasn't been that good. And when you shut down their stars, there's nothing much coming from the San Jose uh, Sharks offense. And then Martin Jones looks kind of shaky. He's been kind of shaky this whole playoff run. So if Nathan McKinnon, Miko Ranton, and Gabriel Landeskog, their top line can stun Martin Jones in the net, I think that uh, Colorado can force game seven. But I just see the San Jose Sharks winning in seven. I agree that the San Jose Sharks are going to win, but I'm going to say they're going to win in Five or six. I'm going to say six to be safe. Um, reason being because I think San Jose just has the better team overall. I think they have more depth than the Colorado Avalanche do. Um, Logan Couture has six goals and three assists and nine points right now in the playoffs in eight games played. Thomas Hurdle's got six goals, two assists, eight points in eight games. And Eric Carlson has been performing very well. He hasn't scored at all, but he has nine assists and nine points in those eight games. Um, And I I just, I feel that San Jose Sharks are just the better team in this, in this uh, series. So I think they're going to take it on uh, Colorado's side. Miko Rantanen and Nathan McKinnon are leading uh, their team in points. Brandon has five goals and five assists and 11 and 11 points in six games played. And Nathan McKinnon has three goals six assists and nine points in six games played. Uh, so there's obviously some uh, firepower in the Colorado Avalanche lineup, but I don't think they have the depth to get them far enough 
in this series and beat the San Jose Sharks. So I'm saying San Jose in six games. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I think that San Jose has more of the depth in this series, but we shall see. Uh, next series, the Nashville Predators versus the Dallas Stars in round one. We uh, didn't get the time to talk about that last week because it didn't end at that time. Uh, the Stars won the series, surprisingly, 4-2 in overtime. John Klingberg with an excellent shot to beat Pekarine in game six. Uh, thoughts, Andrew? Yeah, no one expected this. Another division leader eliminated from the Stanley mm-hmm. Cup playoffs in the first round. No one expected that at all. But it was well-deserved. The Stars have firepower in that lineup. They were the better team, and obviously it paid off. They're coming out on top. And uh, they're going to be heading on to round two. They're going to be playing the St. Louis Blues. So, Yeah, that should definitely be a good series. And the Stars, I mean... Nashville didn't play as good as everyone thought when they picked the brackets or picked playoff pools. Uh, I certainly thought the National Predators were going to dominate the Dallas Stars, but that wasn't the case. The Stars dominated the Nashville Predators, and I don't think... um, Yeah, Victor Arvidsson did not record a point in this postseason, which is kind of surprising, kind of sad. Uh, Rocco Grimaldi, I think, was the leading scorer for the National Predators, if... I, I'm assuming no one knows who he is, but he led their team in points. I'm pretty sure in goals. So yeah, I think he's a he's a third line winger. Yeah. I think, right. Yeah, he's, he, that's unacceptable from the Predators' standpoint. You have to get your offensive players going. You have to get your first line going, and it didn't against the Stars. So that's why yeah, that's, out, that's why the Stars are in. That is definitely an issue when your top players are not performing. That's an issue in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You're not going to go anywhere. Or you're not going to get very far uh, in the playoffs when that's the case. Yep, and we saw that with the Calgary Flames as well, and they're out as well too. So, uh, But another Canadian team we're going to talk about. The game ended when we recorded um, our last episode on Saturday. This game was at night. We're obviously going to talk about it now. The Winnipeg Jets are eliminated by the St. Louis Blues in six games. Uh, the Blues player, Jaden Schwartz, scored a hat-trick in that game six. Unbelievable. Uh, he scored the last four goals of the, that series, which is uh, really good on Jaden Schwartz. And now the Blues will play against the Stars in round two. They already played game one, but first we're going to get thoughts from Andrew Flager on the series. Uh, yeah, I think that the Blues looked great in this series. Jaden Schwartz, man, he came clutch. He won, uh, I think it was game five. He took. Uh, he scored an overtime winner for the Blues in overtime. Obviously, that hat trick was huge in game six. And the Blues were just the better team. They came out on top, obviously. I can't believe that the Jets are eliminated. Jets, I I predicted the Jets to win this series in six games, I believe, if I recall correctly. And I I was shocked. I was stunned with how good the Blues looked. They really did outplay the Winnipeg Jets in that that series. Yeah, I also picked the Jets in uh, six games. So, uh... That was well. It was a coin toss because I when we were talking about this three weeks ago about the preview, I it was a coin toss of the teams. Like I don't know who's going to play hot or cold. And we mentioned I think I think it was last week or two weeks ago that we had no idea what to expect from the Blues or the Winnipeg Jets in Game Five or Six. Uh, we just said that it was going to be a hard hitting series, and it was. But we had no idea what team was going to come out and perform every night, which is kind of like I don't know. We didn't know. We we had no idea. So. Jets. By the way, yeah. no, sorry, I just want to say, by the way, last week we were talking about how neither of these teams had won a playoff game at home, Yeah. and that Saturday night game, the St. Louis Blues ended up winning at home to take the series, so that was the first 
first home win by any team in the series, and it was a big one. Yeah, see, unexpected win. Like, we didn't know that was going to happen. No, yeah, exactly. No one It was all unexpected, this series. But uh, the Blues are on to round two to play the Stars, and they already played game one in uh, St. Louis. Um, but we're going to talk about the season series first. The Dallas Stars won the season series 3-1, to one, outscoring the Blues 13-7, to seven, which is surprising. But I'm pretty sure some of those games came before the Blues started to wake up and they fired their head coach, uh, Mike Yo, and Craig Brube came in. Uh, he's actually up for the Jack Adams Award at the end of the year, so good for Craig Rubre. But uh, the Blues are up one nothing in the series now. Tarasenko with two huge goals for the Blues. He scored the game-winning goal as well in that game at the third period. Yeah, uh, game two is actually today at 3 p.m. Uh, Flager, just wanted to give your thoughts on the series. Yeah, you know what? I think the Blues surprised me. They surprised everybody. Um, but I'm. I think I'm gonna go with the Dallas Stars in this series. They outshot the Blues twenty nine to twenty in that first game. Um, even though the Blues obviously won that game, I think the Stars have some nice firepower in their um in their lineup. I think, I do think that the Blues would outplay them defensively. But I mm-hmm. I can just see the Stars popping in enough goals to get past the Blues in this series. So I'm I'm gonna say the Stars are gonna win this series in. I'm gonna say seven games. I think it's gonna to go to seven games. Yeah, you're you're not you're obviously not wrong. I think Dallas has a tremendous amount of talent on their team and depth. Uh, we're seeing that with Jason Dickinson and their new acquiree uh, Matt Zuccarello, who's definitely performing for them. They're obviously their top guys are definitely performing for them. And but uh, for me, I think it's a quick one. I think the Blues win it in five or six. I'm gonna say five, just because I think uh, the Blues are. They have just as much depth as the Dallas Stars, and I don't I don't think the Fairy Dust is coming to an end now. Bennington's playing really good. Their defense is playing really good, and their Stars are coming to out to play. Ryan O'Reilly has been unbelievable in this series. He may not have a lot of goals or a lot of flashy points or whatever, but he's, he's definitely grinding down the other opponent's first-line centermen. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly has been a great factor, and he's up for the selfie at the end of the year. So I think this is a quick one. I think the Blues in five. Yeah, I want to add on to that. Ryan O'Reilly has been great. You're, that's a very good point. He's He does it all. He scores. He, he's a playmaker a little bit. And he's definitely a, a tough and a little bit of a gritty player. Um, I wanted to mention as well, Ben Bishop, his numbers in the playoffs have been very, very impressive. He currently has a 2.05 goals against average. Uh, and a .937 save percentage, which is better than Jordan Binnington's, who has a .911 save percentage. So I think Dallas probably has the better goaltending, mm-hmm. according to these stats in yeah. this series. Um, and I think Bishop, we could see him uh, not stealing the series, but he could be a big factor in this yeah, series yeah. for sure. Yeah, 100%. Especially agree. if he keeps those numbers up. Yeah, and he's, he's also up for the Vesna at the end of the year. Uh, do we want to mention those awards? Because we actually didn't get to the awards that are mentioned, but uh, we could if we want now. I don't, I don't know if you want to do that. Uh, if you have it up, sure. Yeah, I so yeah, if you want to get that up now, uh, Ben Bishop is nominated for the Vesna. Andre Vasilevsky and Robin Lehner are all up for the Vesna Trophy at the end of the year. Uh, Well-deserved from Robin Lehner. I mean, he's been battling all year. Um, some fans are very skeptical on that uh, offer because I think Thomas Grace played just as amount of games as Robert Lehner did. 
uh, maybe a few under Robin Lehner, but people should have thought Frederick Anderson should have got a nominee. Um, but I, I just think Vashlevsky is going to win that award. Uh, he had 39 wins this season, and the Tampa Bay Lightning, well, they're out now, but they were definitely dominant during the regular season. So uh, maybe we could talk about the next award. I don't know if you have it up, Flager, but... Yeah, um, for the Selkie Trophy, we found out the nominees this week. Mark Stone uh, was one of the nominees. Patrice Bergeron and Ryan O'Reilly were the three nominees for the Selkie Award. And I I honestly don't know who's going to take this because those are three very good players. Uh, I don't... I don't. I can't predict the winner here. I could see either of them winning here. Yeah, and then we just um, we got other news that the Ted Lindsay Award um, nominees came out. So the Ted Lindsay is voted by the players in the National Hockey League, and the nominees are Patrick Kane, Connor McDavid, and Nikita Kucherov. So I think Nikita Kucherov wins that. I just think that I agree. His peers, I, I just think yeah, like I think I his peers agree. not obviously no. How good Kucherov has been. Uh, I think he tied Alexander McGillney for most points as a Russian-born player, or I think he beat it. And he tied the Tampa Bay and uh, Lightning in points. He had 128, and the Lightning had 128. So I think Kuch- I that's think, Kucherov's award to win. Yeah, I think Kucherov's going to win as well, especially because Connor McDavid and Patrick Kane are – they were always expected to be one of the um, – some of the most dominant players in the league, and Kucherov wasn't really – he was kind of under the radar. No one really expected him to be as good as he was this season. So I agree. I think Nikita Kucherov is going to take that Ted Lindsay award. Yeah, and then some other award winners – well, not winners, nominees. Uh, the Norris Trophy Award came out. Uh, Victor Hedman, Mark Giordano, and Brent Burns were the nominees. A lot of fans were very shell shocked when Morgan Riley's name did not get put up there, but that's all right. Like I, I mean, these are awards. They they matter for the players and matter for the teammates that the players have around them. So it's definitely good for those three players. Uh, I think there's other other awards uh, out. So if you want to mention those, Flager. Uh, the Lady Bing Trophy. Uh, yeah. Alexander Barkov, Sean Monahan, and Ryan O'Reilly were. Uh, the nominees for this award, Ryan O'Reilly, obviously, was also nominated for the Selkie uh, Trophy. Uh, I I think Ryan O'Reilly deserves this award. Yeah, he's. Uh, this has to do with penalty minutes and most sportsmanlike player on and off the ice. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, I think. Um, I don't know if he's won this award before, but I remember one year. I think it was twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. Yeah, he was uh, nominated. I think for sure. Yeah, right? he was nominated, but I don't know if he won. Uh, but I remember his one penalty on the year was a delay of game penalty, and he only got two minutes in penalty 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 minutes total on the year. So uh, I remember that one, and uh, Ryan O'Reilly could win this award again just because he's such a good player and so sportsmanlike. Uh, the Bill Masterton Award nominees came out: Joe Thornton, Robin Lehner, and Nick Foligno. Um, these awards are awarded to the player with uh, most perseverance in their hockey journey this year. So we might see Robin Lehner win this one because, man, he went from nothing to something this year with the New York Islanders. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that interview, actually, about how Robin Lehner, uh, at the, in the summer of last season, he uh, he was in rehab for some mental uh, mm-hmm. mental illness. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know exactly what he was suffering from but he was in, I think in rehab for a month. Yeah, yes, that 
I think you're right about that. Anyways, he came out of rehab, um, and his agent was contacting all these teams in the NHL uh, to find out who was interested in him. And there were 15 or 16 teams originally who, right off the bat, when they got contacted, they were interested right away. Like, yes, we want Robin Leonard to join our uh, our team. And then Leonard's agent came clean, and he said, like, Robin Leonard just came out of rehab. Uh, he's been suffering from bipolar. And... Like, we just thought we should let you guys know, like, he's he's not in, he wasn't in the greatest. I mean, coming out of re- rehab, he was obviously in a better mental state than he was. Mm-hmm. Um, but after those 15 and 16 teams found out about that, there were only two teams that um, were interested in, in him after finding that news out, which was the New York Islanders and then another unnamed team. Robin Leonard didn't actually name the team in the interview. Um, and the Islanders were very, very supportive with his mental illness throughout the yeah. season, Robin Leonard said. Mm-hmm. And he's very, very grateful for that. And I I I'm amazed with how, how amazing his numbers were this season and how great the New York Islanders are doing as a team as well. Yeah, and the Islanders could be off to the conference finals if they get over the Carolina Hurricanes and yeah, Robin Leonard's been fighting it all year. Uh I think that's a that's unanimous. I think he should win that award just based on what you just said. So, uh, the King Clancy award, uh, nominees came out, uh, Jason Zucker, Henrik Lundqvist, or boy, Henrik Lundqvist, uh, not, uh, I think it was what, 450 wins he didn't reach yet. <laughs> so he's yeah. up for the King Clancy and then Oliver Ekman Larson is up for the King Clancy as well. So that award is, uh, the player who exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and who makes a significant humanitarian contribution to his community. So I know Jason Zucker has been very, very volunteering with the community in Minnesota. So maybe him, he wins that award, but I don't, I don't know about the other nominees. So uh, I think there's one more award that is here, the Messier Leadership Award. So if you want to mention that, Flager. Yeah, the nominees are Justin Williams, Wayne Simmons, and Mark Giordano. Um, and I, I would say Justin Williams is going to win this award. If you especially if you've been watching Carolina in the playoffs, he has been great for the young players. He's always communicating with them on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just been a great leader there. I think he's, he's a vet. Obviously he's a, a little bit older of a player and he's been um, part of obviously part of Carolina's success, but also yeah. part of helping bring those, those younger players like Sebastian Ajo, for example, um, and a bunch of other young players. He's been helping, um, like form them into the NHL players that they are. Yeah, you're definitely right on that. And uh, uh, just, yeah, that's basically the NHL awards that are out right now. Um, when the other awards are announced, we'll definitely get to that in our next episode. Are you looking to sign up with the online sports book for the first time or just looking to place bets through an online sports book? The Breakdown has you covered. Check out mybookie.ag and use our code BRKDWN. Again, BRKDWN, and you will get a 50% off bonus on your deposit up to $100. That means if you deposit $100 using our code, you get $50 free. Again, use our code BRKDWN on MyBookie now. But now we're just going to talk about our lousy, lousy playoff records and playoff brackets that we had. So uh, I'll go first. I was 1-7 in round one. Uh, so you definitely don't want to look to me if you need advice for your playoff bracket. 
one game, uh, one series I got right, it was the San Jose Sharks over Vegas in seven games. I called it in seven, they won in seven, so that will be the bonus going forward because I obviously got that right in the correct games. So that's going to be the tiebreaker if we're tied at the end of the playoffs. So, Flager, if you want to mention your record. Yeah, I don't want to mention my record, but I also went one in seven in round one. Pretty embarrassing. Um, I only predicted the Boston series win over Toronto correct. And I'm, I'm just shocked that I only got one series. Right. Not even a second. Like, and, like, there's just so much unpredictable shit happening this year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not predict um, a correct series and correct amount of games. So, therefore, Thomas has the upper upper hand right now. Uh, Thomas, do you want to just recap quickly? I know we mentioned our picks already as we were mentioning the uh, round two previews. Um, but do you want to just mention your picks again? So the round two recap, right? Like the round two winners? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so I'll name all mine first. Uh, the New York Islanders, I picked them in six games. Uh, the San Jose Sharks, I picked them over the Colorado Avalanche in seven games. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, I predict over the Boston Bruins in six games. And then I predict the St. Louis Blues over the Dallas Stars in five games. I had the Bruins in seven, the New York Islanders in six San Jose Sharks in six and the Dallas Stars in seven yeah so those are our round two previews um they obviously started before we could make this podcast but I mean I I mean one one game does affect the series but I mean if we get it right uh, good for us uh we're on we're on an even we're on an even uh playing field though here so exactly yeah it does yeah yeah, so we have lots lots to announce this week, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a bunch of second-round playoff previews uh, out on our website right now, as well as uh, a bunch of other sports content. And, Thomas, you want to just mention the articles that you're going to be coming out with? Yeah, so soon? they should be coming out today. Um, it's about the IIHF World Championship uh, going on in Slovakia this year from May 10th to May 26th. Uh, I just am releasing a Russian article about their team and their stacked roster that they have. And then a Canada prediction roster that will be coming out, I think, today. Uh, So hopefully that gets out in time before the roster is announced. Uh, I have predicted two players, right, that will be headed there. Uh, John Tavares will be headed there. And uh, yeah, so keep an eye out for that. Yeah, I guess by the time listeners actually hear this podcast, those articles will be out. So definitely check out the breakdownsports.com for a bunch of NHL content and lots of other sports content. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Breakdown Sports. And we are also on Facebook. Not many people know this, I don't think. But um, if you search the the space breakdown, breakdown spelled B-R-K-D-W-N, uh, you could find us on Facebook and like and follow us on there. Yeah, and uh, I think that's it for today's episode of the N10 Puck Talk podcast. I just want to mention one thing. It's not about sports, but if you aren't watching playoff hockey tonight or NBA playoffs tonight, go see Avengers Endgame. That was an incredible movie, an incredible end that uh, fans have been following. I sure have been following it, so go check that out in theaters this weekend. Uh, Yeah, so that's the end of the N10 Puck Talk podcast, episode number 10. Uh, We'll see you guys next week, definitely.